Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Okay, we have uh, Jim up there for some reason, but uh, we're here. Everybody make it? Everybody intact? Comic Book Nation? Okay, there we go. Back in the driver's seat. What's up, everybody? This is Comic Book Nation. This is the other half of our epic Disney (laughs) Plus Day stream. If you're just listening to this in podcast and you're so confused, we are doing a uh, split podcast with our uh, sister podcast, Comic Book, or Phase Zero. Uh, they came on today because it's Disney Plus Day, where Disney Plus told you all the reasons why to keep subscribing to Disney Plus. And uh, since Phase Zero is our Marvel podcast, they got a crack at all the good Marvel goodness that we just got revealed for Disney Plus Day. Uh, Jim Viscardi promised us we'd be getting this epic Star Wars and other rundown, which uh, turns out to be, well... <laughs> Less than nothing. So we're all gonna nothing. talk about so, well, yeah, we're just we have nothing. So yeah, Jim set us up so we have nothing here. But uh we got the one thing from Star Wars we'll talk about, of course, is the first look at Obi-Wan Kenobi, which you all saw yesterday when it leaked all over the internet. But uh that was a good look. Gave us a first look at the kind of concept art for Obi-Wan Kenobi taking on Darth Vader, which is going to be the epic highlight. Who is making food? And stuff. That would be my roommate. Uh, do me a favor and mute your roommate. <laughs> man, that's just kind of show we have right now. Oh boy, the microwave show. So, all right, so let's get today, into this, man. Yeah, let's get into this. So, we're going to talk about Obi Wan Kenobi. They look cool. We all just want to see the fight with Darth Vader, right? There's going to be some other cool stuff for you, Star Wars geeks. We got the Inquisitors are going to be back. Obi Wan Kenobi is basically going to have to get off tattooing and kind of face Darth Vader on what looks to be Mustafar again for that rematch and kind of go across the galaxy when it's in the shadow of the Empire. So we're all very excited about that. We're excited about Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen kind of coming back. Yeah, uh, so very excited for that. Rich, are you back there? Are you excited? Rich, our producer, are you excited? I am. I am back here. There he is. is. I was expecting a trailer, but hey, the, the pictures will do. I'm glad to know we're getting a rematch. That's going to be very exciting to see. So, I mean, we didn't get a lot, but I'm happy to, to, to see that. There you go. Rich always puts a positive spin. He's back there on the boards making this show happen. He doesn't come out very often, but he is a bona fide Star Wars fan. So, yeah, he's hyped for Obi-Wan Kenobi, and uh, we all are. You guys, anybody else have anything yet? Everybody just hyped for that fight, right? It's just so good to see Ewan McGregor. Like, I, I love him. Oh, I just, well, you're going I full just wonder... Jared Leto on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the, one of the things that'll, that'll be interesting is, I guess like the what kind of show this is going to be because like it's 
It's a road trip show through the darkness, and it's going to be reflective about Obi-Wan Kenobi's basically going to have to leave hiding, go across this journey of the galaxy that's going to be like, wow, the galaxy sucks now. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's basically what's going to happen. And dodge like, people like, who are going to be on his chair. I can't imagine they do a Western, right? Because, like, that's that, like, it's already being handled by Mandalorian, and, like, you know, the, but I think, that. I mean, I don't think this is going to be a genre blend. I think this is going to be yeah. a character piece. It's going to be about. Because there's going to be other things that they'll probably put in place. Like, how did Obi-Wan finally complete the training to be able to kind of become a Force ghost? And what led him to finally discover that Anakin was Vader and what connected those dots? And that's all a bunch. It's a bunch of fan service canon we don't have yet that we need. And so, so that's basically what's going to be. Kofi, could you see this being the Star Wars version of, like, Logan? Yeah, basically. That's oh, a good. I think yeah. that's the best app description I've heard of it yet. It would be Star Wars is like Star Wars version of Logan. Yeah. Damon Streams has a very good point, by the way. All of Star Wars is a Western in a, in a way. <laughs> it's I mean, it's, it's, it's just a theft of stolen from East, West, Africa, like everything. It's just a bunch of melting pot of stuff George Lucas stole. But uh, yeah, it all came but out. Kofi, of the you theor- you theorized that we'll see some Crimson Dawn stuff here too, right? No, that was I, I theorized that? that that for the Book of Boba Fett, which oh, that was Book so of Boba Fett. to get this all confused. I don't think they'll right. mess with that. Like I said, I think this will be more introspective about Obi Wan and him kind of dealing with the failure of the Jedi, what the universe is now, and kind of trying to maintain that feeling of hope that will lead to kind of Luke becoming who he is and all that stuff. So it could be really good, but I think a Logan and Star Wars Logan is, is is a good sell for me. So let's talk about all the disappointment. What we didn't get. We didn't get anything <laughs> new. Nothing new for Book of Boba Fett. Nothing new for Star Wars and or the uh, Rogue One prequel. Nothing for Ahsoka, the other uh, Mandalorian spinoff. Uh, nothing for Bad Batch season two, if that's even going to be a thing. Have we even confirmed Nothing for Mando season two. No, nothing for Mando season three. So you got one minute. If you go on Disney Plus right now, you got one minute to look at Obi-Wan Kenobi and you can watch a 22 minute documentary uh, under the helmet a a Boba Fett retrospective, which is hilarious to me because it's only 22 minutes of them trying to talk about how little screen time Boba Fett got before he became this massive person, but they can still only make 22 minutes to talk about that, which is like the oh first documentary God. ever. Well, so. I, mean, here's, I mean, okay, so we will probably get into this at the end of our recap, but I do pose a question out there uh, for our viewers of, you know, was this kind of a bust? And at least I can give you a very early hint of my opinion Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, spoilers, <laughs> yes. Even on the Marvel side, which we can like, just yeah, dip in real completely. quick so everybody can get out of their system. Like, even on the Marvel side, like, it was a, f- I mean, I don't want to scare anybody, but these have already come in the first Hawkeye reviews, but I feel like Marvel Studios is now beginning to settle into that groove, if you want to call it, that Netflix did, where this all starts to feel kind of formulaic, because even everything we saw in here was pretty formulaic, right? It was like, Teases of the characters doing funny stuff, kind of teases of the costumes and the action, but not really. So like, except for just Nick Fury looking crazy, uh, that yeah. secret invasion. So, I mean, it wasn't all that hyped. I, I think the investors, I mean, I never thought I'd say this, but I think the investors day right. was more exciting. Yeah. I so it, It's just from a comparison point, because it's not that I'm not excited for like. I'm ex- I'm hyped for Rescue Rangers. Okay, like I am so good for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, thing. this Dude, was good for you. You got Rescue there's, Rangers, there's a lot of Sneakerella, Baymax. Yeah, I got Jazz. I'm hyped for that Crown family. 
Hell yeah, yeah right. Queen Duckies. Yes. Bayamax looks like it could be good for a uh, laugh. You Utopia, know? like the yeah, first so. look at this Utopia, like I got excited about last time. And also, obviously, Moon Knight and Miss Morrill, right? Like this was very much catered to me, it feels like. However, if you look at the things that they showed from all of those things, it's like, okay, Rescue Rangers, I got a little tiny look at a tiny script <laughs> where the most exciting thing was the Darkwing Duck words behind the script, right? <laughs> and then uh, Zootopia, I got an image. Like Baymax, yeah. I got just a little something. At least Nicarella, I got like a full trailer. Moon Knight, we got images, which that is exciting, right? Because we actually got like a look at the costume and things like that. But like Miss Marvel, we got we got some footage, but none of these things outside of Moon Knight were kind of things one we haven't seen in set photos that have been taken for months now, and two that weren't aren't on Twitter if you just literally type in the words. So like there wasn't anything new and hypeable. Uh, I also gonna point out, okay, I gotta call out a little of uh, MCU apologists like going around here. Mi I understand that Miss Marvel's powers, because I heard that at the end of the stream. <laughs> Miss Marvel's powers are not the most important part of her character. No, absolutely obviously. not. No. They are a part of her character, though, and they are a part of her history. And so, like, and they are part of what makes those books, especially when the right artist is on them, so extremely fun. It's just the visual gags that they can do. So not having them on there. And by the way, you know, I'm a huge Green Lantern person. So this is no shade on constructs and anything. <laughs> but like, that's not the character. And so I get a little annoyed that like Miss Marvel is getting the shaft on the embiggening powers, which are all too similar to Mr. Fantastic. He's but not around yet. I don't care about him. I don't think it's that. I, I don't think Mr. Powers. Fantastic isn't around. I don't think Mr. Fantastic is around yet because I don't think anybody He's has cracked it a code. Out. Yeah, like no, Aquaman was a code that had to be cracked, the underwater stuff. This is another one, and I don't think Hollywood, anybody has done any kind of, and you know, the only person who's good at this is like Carpenter and Cronenberg, right? And it's not for the reasons Disney wants. Um, well, right, it's that yeah. body heart. It's the yeah, body heart. Exactly. Like you can't, I was thinking about this just the other day, like how do you do Miss Marvel without freaking out, and especially like <laughs> adolescents who already are just like sitting in bodies right. that they are freaked out by, like seeing, how do you not go Cronenberg with some of this stuff? And it's just there have like, been, yeah. I feel like there have been movies or shows though that have tackled like the morphing and stretching. I just, I can't now. I can't. You can't. Recall the one <laughs> that said like that, that handled said, it the best. I'll wait. No, exactly. Like I can't recall the ones that handled it the best because I don't think anyone has. No, there's not been that example of like that's how you do it. But I do feel like some have tackled it in a way that's like it's fine. And I don't, I don't know. know I don't want her to trade her entire because like that is part of the fun of her powers. So I'm not saying that I'm like pissed and a troll about it. I am just like no, I'm not going to just give the MCU a pass on it either. Like, I want to see them pull it off. I want to see it look good. And then I'll give it a pass. I'm not just going to give it one because the MCU did it. I feel like that's a golden ticket lately. And that's annoying. <laughs> Connor, you have well, to say something. Before Connor's got Connor. thoughts. Connor's got yes. Yeah, so I, I wanted to get this point across before we get to the nitty gritty of all these different segments. I think between this fandom and Tadum from earlier this year, I think studios need to start stealing a playbook out of Nintendo and only have these events when they actually have material to present, because nothing is more of a letdown than just showing a series of logos. Mm -hmm. And 
the the big MCU presentation at the end. I kept hitting the 15 second skip button. <laughs> Me too. Because I oh, know the that first seven minutes. Like I've already seen right. these so shows. What's the more point of this? Yeah. yeah. Like I get that we're all like, get I wish this Disney was a stream, but y'all just didn't have anything to show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point, man. I, mean, I, would I love was going to end with saying that this entire thing was weird because it felt like it was. A look in the entertainment industry of saying Disney Plus COVID is not over for us yet. Like, <laughs> well, everybody like, was just so kind of like, and eh, there was no that's the, so that's togetherness. So like there was nothing. Yeah, together. those were some details that were kind of alluded to on the investor call earlier this week, where they said like stuff for them. They don't expect a ramp up until Q3 of next year. Wow. Yeah, that's it's crazy. Wow. It's six whole months of of very light content. And so much so that, like, you know, look, the stock, I mean, we're not financial analysts, but the stock took a tumble uh, before the investor call and has, and has continued to. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, I think there is a very much this, you know, I think that's probably why we're getting so many animated things on the, like, animation mm-hmm. takes, a, takes a while, but you're able to kind of spread that out a bit and get more people working on it uh, than, uh, than you are, uh, you know, when you're doing live action stuff. And, and some of those projects oh, have been in the works for years, right? Absolutely. So got some lead up. Yeah. 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 And, and like, and I will not let anyone shame the fact that we did get more news about disenchanted and we did. That is, That's right. I saw that. That is a movie. I have legitimately mm-hmm. been waiting for since the first enchanted movie came out. <laughs> I just want to say Marvel when you can talk disenchanted. Go ahead, Jay. I I, like, honestly, the only thing that really stuck with me from this is like the delivery was so difficult for me. I'm not like an avid Twitter user. And if it weren't for me following you guys, like all of you on Twitter, I would have been so confused and not able to really like make sure I was hitting every single story and release. Like I didn't even know the Marvel thing went up on Disney plus until Brandon tweeted it. And I was like, Oh, time for me to go over to Disney plus. And I just think that was, I, I think it was a really poor choice to not have a live event like that. Mm-hmm. You need to like play well, it up. Just so people seem to be still confused about the hustle here in the comments. And even on the show, look guys, this was all a scheme to get you on Disney plus today to oh. get mass <laughs> surge on Disney plus today. Yeah. So if you're looking for all this stuff, the Marvel stuff is a 14 minute special that is now on Disney plus. You can skip minute one through seven. It's just a replay of, one oh, vision, it's, Falcon, it's very much soldier, a big Loki. patting themselves yeah. on the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Loki and what if even before you get to a sizzle reel of the new stuff. So last seven minutes, then the Obi-Wan Kenobi is on there under the Star Wars stuff. It's one minute and then you can watch the Boba Fett thing if you want. And that's about it. There you go. Yeah. But and, I am and, so pumped about Jungle Cruise and Shang-Chi. Oh, right. yeah. Like yeah. really excited. That's what I'll be doing this weekend for sure. Yeah, Shang-Chi uh, and uh, Jungle Cruise are now free on Disney+. Plus. I get to watch Jungle Cruise, Cruise now. Me too. So you can go check that out. Um, but let's talk about the real best thing we saw today movie-wise. Prey, the uh, new Predator entry, which is coming out. We got a uh, new poster. Uh, If you go to comicbook.com movies, we got a new poster and logo for Prey. It looks awesome. It looks like a good entry in the the, uh, Predator franchise. It's from Dan Trachtenberg, the guy who did 10 Cloverfield Lane. And all the rumors we heard about this were true. It's going to follow our girl for, uh, what's her name, from, um, uh, what's going to call it, Uh, Legion. Oh, man, I forget her name right now. I can't believe I'm uh, blanking on it. And, of course, we don't have in our article, Grey Wolf. Good job, comic book. 
Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, our girl from uh, our Native American actress girl from Kick-Ass Girl from uh, Legion is in it, and she, it's going to be set 300 years ago. Oh a Native God. American tribe gets targeted by a predator, and the hunter is this is a female hunter who's really kind of skilled in the tribe, but is obviously an outcast because she's a woman, and it's her versus predator using kind of ancient weapons and hunting. And I am here for this, so. It's like Far Cry yeah. Primal, but hopefully it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Great. Predator Son? meets the Revenant. I'm in. I'm in there for I, it, dude. So. I tell you what. Just even like atmospherically, like aesthetically or whatever. Like they nailed it with that logo and with that first that first poster. poster. Yeah, the like, te- one of the better teaser posters I've seen in years. Yeah, it looks like, great. Well, like just yeah, that hint that. of the red Predator light in there. Oh. Yeah, and so just her good. with the bow and arrow, like, yeah, it's great. In the smoky jungle, like, it's, yeah, it's great. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to Prey because that last Predator movie, Shane Black, I'm sorry, that wasn't it. So this looks more <laughs> like it. it's going to be Unfortunately, it. I feel like I've been very spicy. So what I would like to say <laughs> is that I did want to shout out another great thing that came from Disney Plus Day, which was the new Olaf Presents Pops, which oh. presents Olaf in every single form. You're and killing me, Smalls. And it's Tangled, the genie. <laughs> I didn't even see this. He's Moana. Anyway. Oh, that's cool. You're killing me, Smalls. There's your, there's your, I feel like it was not being very positive. I'm trying. All right. Moving right along. (laughs) So that was Disney plus day. All right. Now we got some new reviews this week to let you know what to watch our segment where we tell you guys what you should be watching or sharing and let you know about our thoughts about what is the big thing to watch this week. It's also interactive. So if you want to let us know what we should be watching, or you want to talk with us about, be sure to go and follow us at comic book nation on Twitter. So you can drop your suggestions this week. We got a big, easy one. It's action adventure movie, the movie now streaming on Netflix, (laughs) AKA you might've heard it subtitled as red notice starring Dwayne, the rock Johnson, Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot. Um, it's now out. Matt did an early review for us last week, but now that it's out, I had a chance to sit down and see it, uh, amidst all this Disney plus day craziness. And, you know, I, man, I was joking before, but it, it seems I was spot on. This is action adventure movie, the movie, uh, yep. starring three people playing their on-screen personas. Um, <laughs> and it, that doesn't mean it's not fun. It is very fun. I wasn't like, wrong, uh, right? Like I no, was, yeah. it's kind of like Hobbs and Shaw meets national treasure. Right. And and that's not a bad combination. I love both of those in terms about. Yeah. So it's 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 a fairly I mean, it's it's a good entertainment movie. And it's one that is surprisingly would be fun if you have kids who are like, you know, eight or above and you're hanging out with and you're looking for something for family movie night. This is a great thing to put on in the home theater system and sit down and and kind of take this in because it, it is. It is The Rock and Ryan Reynolds spending a lot of time kind of trading that chemistry and doing that whole thing. And then Gal Gadot also being kind of in the middle of it. And just it's a lot of fun with them and their personas, as long as you know what you're getting and you're cool with that. If you're expecting like, you know, some epic deep performances and stuff like that, please don't. And there are even a couple fun little twists in the movie. So I thought it was good, but uh, kind of just, yeah, like I said, it's action adventure movie, the movie. Did you get a chance to see this one? No, but I'm just really pumped about the Doom Patrol finale. So I'll, I'll touch on that. <laughs> Somebody like is I, out there. Who's like I said uh, last week, like I just really enjoy like, cause I, I made that Hobbs and Shaw comparison. Like it was very much like that for me. And I really enjoyed Hobbs and Shaw as much for it's less like over the topness. Right. But I thought the action was better in that one. And the actual like back and forth camaraderie of the group, and especially Reynolds and rock was better in this one. Like I actually liked those parts better. 
And then the action stuff wasn't as good as the stuff in Hobbs and Shaw. So like, but I still would Ooh, put them. Like, I'm the opposite. The I like category. the action in it. I think the action See, in this yeah. is better for me. I, I just dig, I think it's just, I dig that like Fast and Furious, even though Hobbs and Shaw is a spinoff, it still has that very like Fast and Furious, like none of this makes it's, sense. It's in very any, dramatic. Like, it's, it's so, I enjoy that. Like I, I dig it. Right. So I just felt like it looked cool. better. Like I just liked how some of the sequences played out. However, Red Notice has a great when they're escaping the prison. That whole sequence is really fun and like the the creative ways and like seeing how Reynolds plans things out. It's really really fun. So I enjoyed this. Like it was it was also nice to see Gal and have some fun in a, like a more villain role, you know. And she was like clearly having fun. Yeah, so this is, this is the most fun. Ryan Reynolds movie I've ever seen. I've ever oh, seen Ryan so Reynolds in. Oh yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah, by far. Like, yeah. I mean, it's also very much a rock movie, like from just a costume choice. And I think there are things that they good at kind of meta, getting meta, like him poking fun at Rock's choice in costumes and dress and persona and stuff. There's just like a lot of fun things in this movie. That was so. a nice coat, though. Yeah, it was a nice coat. There's a very, you know, naked cow saying worth it out there. Unpopular um, opinion. The Rock seems like the same character in everything to me. So does this feel different? Did oh, you not was- miss... Did- no, it doesn't you, feel different at all. Did you blink out for the opening of this? Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> he's the exact same character. Check, check, Jay for movie. strokes. We <laughs> so is so um, Reynolds, though. Like Reynolds, but like I, that was a criticism we had last week of like, well, they're the same people and everything. But yeah, but like again, like I said, like so is Will Smith and yeah, half the things what about Jungle like, Cruise? Is I don't the same have problem. Oh, I'm pretty Guys, curious. Like, I haven't seen it. If you haven't been seeing movies since the 80s, I don't know what to tell you. But <laughs> yeah, getting stars who you pay them to be themselves in every movie is kind of the way Hollywood works. So I don't know. Unless they're going I don't for know an Oscar. To say that. Yeah. And then they put on prosthetics. Yeah. And then they become somebody completely <laughs> different. And we're yes. like, holy Mickey cow. Nicole Kidman <laughs> slightly ugly get Oscar. Boom. Oh god. There we go. All right. So that's Red Notice. Um yes, we did watch Arcane. So uh some people mm-hmm. are asking about Arcane. Um asterisk, I tried to watch Arcane. Oh, wow! It was trash. Stop! Oh, wow! Damn! Yeah. Right? Oh, okay. Like, hey, I'm gonna have to. Yeah, we're no. gonna have to. No. I'm gonna have to listen to this because oh, I. No. One, I love the animation style. Yeah, it's show. gorgeous. Yes. Oh, yeah, it looks Lordy, great. It is. It, it is looks pretty. like what if on a budget, right? Kind of. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like their mouths are synced properly. <laughs> oh, 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 all right. Well, hold on. Okay, Kofi, why don't why don't why don't you so say spicy. what you I didn't like about it? It just, did, I mean, it's nothing, it's just simple. I'll maybe give it another chance, but like I sat down and I just tried to get into it and I was just kind of like, uh, like the first episode couldn't get me and I was just wow. like, I'm out. And I was like, I got all stuff I want to watch or got to watch. So I don't know, but I might, I mean, I'm going to listen to you guys and I always take the wisdom of this crowd. So if you guys can sell me, here's the elevator pitch. Tell me why I should watch Arcane. I'll let Jim. I'm not as passionate as I, I enjoyed it. Well, I'm not, I'm not. I don't want to say I'm super passionate about it, but I okay. like I know nothing about this world, League of Legends or whatever. It's yeah. a thing that I've always wanted to learn more about. Like it feels like a thing that that kind of fits in, in my jam. I don't know if I'm 100% sold on it, uh, but it definitely has it definitely has my attention uh, to to want to see more in a way that a lot of other recent stuff that I've started watching has not. Um, and I think I, I, a lot of it is probably j- the way it looks. Cause I will say like, I really love the aesthetic of the show. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know. Like I said, I think it's a, 
it has me looking more at League of Legends. Like I want to find out mm-hmm. more in this world. I just haven't been able to find a good entry point. And so I yeah. think this is uh, a a good entry point for me to 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 explore that more. And and honest, you may just need that interest into like to try and get it. I because I can see how you may not like if that is just something that doesn't interest you. It's just not your jam. I really love the like I've always really enjoyed the character designs of League of Legends, the champions, right? Um, that as they're called, I think they're called Tanner. If yeah. I'm if I'm wrong, Tanner from yes, from home yes, will be like, called, no, how dare you? Um, so like, and I've always been like, uh, you know, like, oh, that's a cool design. Like, what's his name? What does he do? Like, I love the the look of it. I've tried to play League of Legends and suck completely. <laughs> like, I got owned. And after like hours of beating my head against the wall, I went, nope, not for me. <laughs> but I yeah, love just go the play world. just go play Pokemon Unite. It's basically the same game, but <laughs> <laughs> I love the world. I love the look. And so I was always wanting to be in it. Like I was always wanting to be in it. So Arcane was like Jim says, like a perfect opportunity for someone like me who's eager to be in that world and likes some of those characters to actually like get to know them and get to know some of the backstory and stuff. And the animation really took with me. Like I just really enjoyed, especially like that opening intro to that first episode. That made me cry. Captured me. I don't even know them. Right. Like I was, I got like, Oh, okay. So like, that was a really good hook for me to actually give it a try. So I enjoyed it. Like I will actually keep tuning in. So can I chapters. just say I'm totally in agreement with both of you, but I now that I know that I don't have to watch it for the podcast because Kofi's not about it, I'm probably not going <laughs> to continue on. And I'm just going to tell it like it is, even so though it's a great show. Pundits, but you even though it's because instead of watching the movie that you got, we just covered, and I missed out on that. I read notice. I watched. I binged the show, and I'm kind of like, man, did I make the right decision? Because Kofi has me like wondering here. You just got to be honest with yourself, man. I just when I when I don't feel it, you got to trust in the force. Be uh, yeah. I mean, I I felt it. I did, but like, there's just so many other things that I feel more. And it is beautiful, and it's really cool. But it is very. It was very adult. Like it was heavy, and it actually kind of was like upsetting at times. Like I would leave an episode of being like really affected by it. So I don't really love to watch episodes that heavy back to back like i really like to just experience them weekly so i don't i'm not big into binging like even doom control is really hard for me to binge it was like a little like whoa <laughs> so i will yeah. look i will always respect janelle for doing a two-season binge of titans to get ready and for doom a, patrol third season That's star a girl lot i'm on supergirl dark. right now oh well that'll be good that'll be a nice your self-harm is what you do to yourself all right we gotta move on we gotta move on we got a lot more to do another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. First, Hawkeye reactions are out. You can read them over at comicbook.com. Marvel, people basically say this is a lighthearted, most lighthearted, funny series that we have. They say the kind of key Clint Barton, Jeremy Renner and Kate Bishop, Haley Steinfeld have great chemistry together and kind of that's what's going to propel the series. It seems like that's very successful. 
So uh, is perfect in this show. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the clip we saw during the does. Disney plus day segment was actually really good. There's a chase. We didn't really yeah. get into that, but during Disney plus days, Marvel studio special, there is a, the longest thing we get is a clip from Hawkeye during the kind of chase scene that we saw advertised with Clint and uh, Kate stealing a car and kind of trying to get away from some gangsters. And it really just showcases how much fun this series is going to be. But I've also heard, like I said, at the start of those whispers of Netflix kind of comparisons, which is the first for these Marvel Studios series, which have you know all been very high budget. So it's going to be interesting to see how that shapes up. And I all and then we got to see how Echo, Maya Lopez, and kind of yeah. uh, Yelena Bova, Black Widow fit into this series. But um, I'm excited. I'm really kind of psyched for Hawkeye. I remember who the heart and soul of the Avengers is. That's why he has a Christmas <laughs> series. So like you know. Hard soul. He, only one. He's surprisingly oh, curmudgeon in this episode. In the, in, sorry, in the in this series, and uh, and I'm here for it. So, like, so that's my question. Am I finally going to care about this character, uh, Matt? Am I I finally, honestly, is this show going to make me care about Hawkeye? Like, honestly, yes. I can't. Yeah, it's make I you feel bad for hating Hawkeye. No, I don't. Well, feel no. Bad here's at all. the here's Matt. Here, here's here's <laughs> the exact reason bad. why why I think I've I've been able to like connect more with Hawkeye. It there is like big dad energy happening here where right. he is just like, so over, like, just like kind of like he's been through so much and kind of over it. Um, and so we get like dad Hawkeye, which, you know, like you're a new dad. I'm a, I'm a newish dad, Kofi, you know, we're like, we're all, you know, I, I think that's where we will probably connect to Hawkeye more than anything else. Um, which all is right. a weird thing to be like, yeah, if you're a dad, like that's how you, know. but like, at least that's, that's where, where I saw it. And I kind of like this, bit more rough and gruff. Uh, I think this and- is going to be like a slightly more meta than we think kind mm-hmm. of commentary on Renner and Hawkeye and his whole role in the MCU. I think this series is going to deal a lot more than we think about how Hawkeye has <laughs> been through all this stuff, but still gets like the least amount of respect. I wrote up a clip today that's hilarious where they go to yeah. Times Square together. And if you've lived in NYC, this is like, this is the Times Square clip because they go and they're like, Kate and they're looking and, and Hawkeye's clearly like kind of perturbed and uncomfortable by all these Avengers cosplayers that are kind of like panhandling in Times Square. But he's also perturbed because there's no Hawkeye character and Kate's like trying to make him feel better and goes, oh, look, there's like one. There's a girl like, you know, doing gender swap Hawkeye. And he's like, that's Katniss Everdeen from like. <laughs> oh, good. And, and it's just oh, like, man. but it's a subtle hint about, you know, this uh, about. Renner's Clint Barton having to kind of weigh like, and especially against Christmas time, like what's important, right? Like what has he done with the Avengers? Like what has that really done for him in the same way? Like, you know, Falcon had to wonder that in in his series and, you know, wouldn't his time better have been better spent like with his family, you know, doesn't he probably realize that more that they got dusted and thankfully returned and like, how does he feel after that? You know, if you're a dad, I mean, these are all like that, like Jim said, these are big dad energy questions and, themes that you know you would you would be wrestling with but it's just a metaphor for working dads right like if you've been Mm -hmm. a working dad or a military dad or anybody that requires you to be away from the family a lot like these are the kinds of things or just a working parent it's a wonderful it's basically a wonderful life and for all the non-dads christmas i mean that's why i'm excited about it (laughs) anything christmassy right now i'm eating it up so that is the reason why i'm all about this and i don't even i'm not a big hawkeye fan either matt and I'm I'm actually really pumped. I love the well, yeah, we know. I feel and like I'm know, always like, yeah. out there on that limb by myself. Okay. Well, if you're not a dad, there's also going to be a daughter component to this, like because a lot of this, like you know, um, Kate Bishop's obviously going to have something with her dad. Maya Lopez obviously has something with her dad, and even Yelena Blova has you know pronounced family issues. So there's going to be 
there's going to be a whole thing about this. Well, that was that was the reason why I got I was excited for this series earlier when it seemed like no one else was because I was like Kate Bishop's in it. I'm I'm in. And Ava Stanfield seems perfect for Kate Bishop, but it's more she about like what easily she, going to be everyone's new favorite MCU character, which is easily. wonderful, by the way, because you should already like her. She's awesome. <laughs> but then also, but like what she brings out of him was the question mark, because that's what I was excited about. I was like, OK, what does having her alongside him for this kind of fun Christmas time adventure do for him? Because that's I mean, I feel like Hawkeye in a lot of ways to me to the Avengers, what like Hal Jordan is to the Green Lantern Corps. Like they're supposed to be these big characters, <laughs> but when you look past the surface, there's nothing there. So like, that's what that's how I've always <laughs> felt about Hal Jordan. That's Come how always out, playing it against Hal Jordan. Yeah, no, always, please. He's like the eighth best Lantern. Anyway, yeah, I get it. I know you love <laughs> Kyle Rayner. Yeah, Rayner rules. Yeah, we're not Kyle going Rayner, down the rabbit hole with Matt's agenda. Here. Pull this back. I'll take Chip over <laughs> Hal Jordan. Please, we'll be able to see what's what when Hawkeye, the heart soul of the Avengers, premieres on Disney Plus on November twenty fourth. But we got to make a so jump cool. over to comics because we got uh, two big segments and it's been a long stream day, so we got to wrap up. But uh, let's go through our comics of the week, Matt. What do we got? gonna get so much hate tweets hate mail um so first let's dip into venom or as it's properly venom. said kofi venom. Venom. yeah i mean i'm just uh, i'm too that was too All long right, ago so that was a different kofi's one. over it i know he's so he's so talk about like spent dad energy i understand, I understand. I it just sounds so wrong so we have uh the new relaunch of venom uh we've been talking a lot about venom over the past year and a half here uh so the last time we left off this kind of saga was king of black eddie was the new king in black and then his son dylan was kind of the new venom so to speak though so, though here they kind of they don't walk it back but like since this stuff has happened uh we get a little bit more movement of like he hasn't really completely taken over that mantle yet you know eddie doesn't really want him to bond uh with the symbiote quite yet so there's there's some of that stuff we see some of the ramifications of king and black uh al ewing and ram v uh and brian hitch are on this relaunch. And uh, I I cannot believe that in 2021 and 2020, some of my favorite books and series were Venom. <laughs> like, I would not have guessed that 10 yeah. years ago. Like, it was just not in my thing. And I love this again. Like, I really like where they're where they're taking things. They, they deal with some really interesting concepts I didn't really see coming. Uh, and then we get the, the fam, look, this is the theme of the episode, it seems like the family stuff, which is that father-son bond, the the like the things that Eddie has to do being in this role and how it's affected Dylan and, and his growth and stuff. It's just some really interesting stuff here. And I was like, Oh my God, again, I'm buying into a Venom book. Like it's, I really enjoy yeah, it. But this think? is Al, this is Al Ewing doing what Al Ewing does best, right? Like right. this is a, a character. This is a, this is going to be a fun I can't believe we're saying that a character study on Venom, uh, in, <laughs> in a way right, right. that you know that I don't think anyone expected. My like, uh, this is nothing. I I totally respect the work that he has done, but I do not think Brian Hitch is the right artist for this book. Um, I'll agree with that. Yeah, it looks, it's, he, it looks like knockoff Mike Deodato Jr. stuff, like '90s stuff. 
like I just like I like look when when Hitch came on the scene did it did uh, Ultimates like he brought that widescreen you know aspect uh, you know to comics and it was at the time incredibly revolutionary but I think the thing for me is the artists who I find myself gravitating towards have taken their style and have continually tried to tweak it. And I think that's where like, it's where like older comic fans love Alan Davis because Alan Davis's art is, is what it is and it's never going to change. And that's what you're going to, that's what you're going to get. And that's kind of what, how I feel about, about Brian Hitch where you've got other, other artists like you know, I look at like like Dave Marquez or uh, even oh, Stegman too, right? Like have uh, have all like evolved their style. Um, and, and like I said, for a book like Venom, that uh, I just I just don't think it's just the right the right person on it. But he just it's he just I wish he loved people more. He draws people so ugly all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody's got this like kind of crumb <laughs> flavor to them. Like even poor Dylan looks like a homeless kid throughout most of this book. Oh, but I do. But like, like I said, I, I am excited for the let's dissect Venom through the lens of Al Ewing because that's he did a, a, a phenomenal job of that with Hulk and made Hulk uh, the horror book that nobody expected. And I'm really curious to see where he goes uh, with with Venom because Al can do a lot of different styles and uh, I'm I'm in for it. I'm gonna say I'm I'm always I'm always kind of torn when Marvel takes symbiotes into space because it always feels kind of hokey when symbiotes get into space. Um, I know they come from space, obviously, right. but it always feels like when you're doing it, it feels like Green Lantern knockoff whenever you try to do symbiotes in space because that's basically kind of what they are with their changing and everything but i i do like the the like what matt said the familiar the familial themes like about is eddie being a dad while he's also being a god and that kind of question is is really deep stuff that's really good and, and i like the way that venom is doing it i think the book has to kind of i don't know how long eddie and dylan can share a book um, I'll say that I don't feel like there's enough space for both of them. I get this wow. story arc right now, but I think eventually I thought, and I thought it would be a little bit more separated. Like I thought there would be like some kind of King and black book and then a venom book for just Dylan. And I think they eventually have to get to that space because I don't, I don't think there's going to be room enough. I think to really let venom to really let Dylan be the new venom, you have to kind of remove Eddie from mm -hmm. the picture in a kind of permanent way. That adds more stakes and, and forces this character kind of to go on his own. Classic Boruto dilemma, anyway, for anime fans in that. Um, but uh, all in all, I mean, I like the last, the Venom arcs that we got from the last creative team were epic. They paid off in an epic way and they were good. And I like the kind of arcs this set up in a very kind of creepy villain who's almost like a serial killer, mm -hmm. kind of supernatural serial killer vibe of somebody who can just kind of fade in and fade out and you don't know for sure. And I hope they, milk that in the right way better than like freaking spider-man has with its kindred crap oh geez <laughs> oh man i i felt like this was super impactful like i felt really really excited about this book actually it's i feel like this is the dad episode because again seriously. like seriously <laughs> but it's it's great like i I'm so excited to see a continuation of the King of Black stuff. I was so, so into that. And um, like, I want that to be something they explore in the MCU. I love it so much. Um, and I, I'm like a freaking Venom super fan now. Like, I just can't, like, they can't do no wrong for me. I'm so jazzed about this. I'm jazzed about both storylines. Kofi does make a really good point about needing to, uh, you know, 
let each of them have their own book. Yeah. But like I am, it felt really important to me. It felt, everything felt very, very uh, impactful and important. And so I was like, oh man, this isn't just like a fluffy comic. Sometimes they get really like the stakes just don't feel, you know, very big. And it's just, and I just felt like really, I was very impressed with this book and I can't wait to keep going. Man, yeah. the year of venom. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? I Who never would have thought. I, seriously, I just, I was really, I'm really shocked at how much I love venom, like everything venom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Connor, I can't remember. Did you have a chance to read or no? I didn't want to leave you out if you did. No, I, I'm still trying to get through Kate's run. Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> Understand. Yeah, oh, yes. Let me know what you think after, after. Uh, and Janelle brought up a really good point. This is really the dad episode because we're about to get into another yeah. book. Yeah, <laughs> our other Robin, book. Robin like, and wow. Batman uh, by Jeff Lemire. Uh, this is the whole issue. The whole series is about uh, their dynamic uh, between Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson. But this one is told from we typically get the perspective of Bruce bringing on the sidekick and all that and all that stuff. And we get some of that here. But the focal point and the point of view is from Dick Grayson's point of view um, when he was first becoming Robin. And we, I, I was not, when this book was announced, look, I love Dustin's artwork. Um, uh, it was a little Gotham, I think. Uh, that I, I mm. totally ate up. Uh, love that stuff. But I was like, do I need another one? Do I need another Batman book? Number two, do I need a Batman and Robin, another book about this story that we've seen talked about or whatever. But I ended up really enjoying this one because I thought the book was unafraid to go. Sometimes you get, like it's a difficult balance between making Bruce Wayne a complete jerk mm -hmm. and making him like a curmudgeonly but like golden-hearted parent. What a great word! And here, <laughs> like, and, and I feel like they they actually lean harder towards jerk. <laughs> they one. really do. But I think honestly, with the way he the way he acts, like sometimes his words don't always back up his actions. And the way Bruce Wayne acts most of the time, this is probably how he would be raising someone and having someone step into that role. He'd be more of a jerk. And so I actually thought it was kind of honest for them to actually lean into that a little bit more. Like he's a jerk to Alfred like several times throughout this book. And I love Alfred's like pushbacks of like, well, you never asked my opinion to begin with, yeah. but then here's this. And like, I, I like that Jeremy Irons energy that Alfred's given off in this, who's my favorite Alfred, right? So uh, there's some interesting stuff here. I, I was like, by the end of it, and especially the tie-in towards the end where we get a very kind of iconic Batman villain and they they do more of a, they lean into the Graysons and, and a connection there. So I thought that was interesting too. So overall, I came out really happy with this, even though going in, I was kind of meh. Uh, Janelle, what'd you think? Oh yeah, same. Uh, I was kind of like, and this is really faded artwork. <laughs> like, that was kind of like my first impression because I like bright, <laughs> colorful, like really hard lines and stuff. But I was surprisingly like, I was very immersed in it for whatever reason. Um, again, like I'm, I'm not Batman overplayed because, you know, I just started my comic reading right. journey about two years ago. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling this because I love more information on characters I'm already familiar with. So that it felt really good for me um, because again, I'm Titans, you know, I've, I'm really invested <laughs> in Titans. And so anything Dick is like, awesome. That, that was, that sounded kind of strange. But. Yeah. <laughs> that was regrettable. Just keep moving. Just keep moving. <laughs> keep moving. Kofi, what do you think about? <laughs> yeah, okay. So I think the most important thing about Robin and Batman is that it, it walked the tightrope that, 
you know, Frank Miller tried to walk earlier, except it got the mix right, whereas Frank Miller got the mix very wrong. Um, and that what was that All Star Batman and Robin? Was that? Yeah, All Star yeah. Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah so that, that was one where Batman. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's where we got I'm the GD Batman. That's right. So thanks, Frank. Um, but uh, that tried to do something similar, which is re examine, you know, Batman and Robin's reformative relationship from a more quote unquote realistic light of, you know, modern psychology and, and child protective services view of, of warding and all that stuff. But um, it didn't go over so hot. But this, like Matt said, does a better job because you can tell the characterization of Batman is that he's putting on this gruff kind of armor to protect himself from what we know about Batman as these deep pains that he has, right? And so his loss and his loss of family and kind of playing that up as this bravado to cover the fact that he's really scared about losing another person close to him, especially what we know in the kind of larger tragic contents of context of what does happen eventually to a Robin um, is it's good. And it, and it, it makes this, it makes the Batman Robin canonized story of how Dick Grayson became Robin feel more. I don't want to say, I don't know. I guess realistic is the only word I can get out of my head for this, but just more fleshed out and realistic of how it would have been for this young boy to go through this training regiment after the death of his parents with this guy as his mentor um, this feels like a more realistic depiction than it was just bright costumes and gee golly, Batman and jumping up and like, yeah, like, <laughs> this feels like it. And, and like I said, I think it does a good job of also echoing so many, it plays with your knowledge of the larger Batman canon to echo certain things. Like there are certain moments in here where Dick Grayson feels like what Damian Wayne will one day be. And, you know, things that Bruce is saying that Alfred and Dick m might be kind of blowing off that you know are going to be actually really kind of relevant when Jason Todd comes into the picture and then goes back out of the picture and then comes back in again, um, you know, and all this stuff. So, so far, uh, so good. And and I like the little subtle trick of flipping it so that it, this is a story where Robin is the protagonist, right? And so yeah. it's called Robin and Batman. And so um, I liked all that. So thank you for not being all-star Batman and Robin part two. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then real quick, because I know we got to move on to other things. Uh, the what's the furthest place from here, which is a book completely unlike any of these others and not really about fatherhood. So I'm <laughs> straying from the theme. Um, this book is just one. Uh, it's very long. And I apologize to, to Kofi ahead <laughs> of time. I was like, oh, my God, this is like a 60 page book. But if you are looking for for value, uh, it is there. Uh, it's from Tyler Boss and Matthew Rosenberg. Uh, and it's it's a book. It's it's set in a post-apocalyptic ish kind of world, um, you know, where there's kind of this they're kind of separated by factions and there's like a curfew. And so some of them have deals with others and there's alliances and things like that. It felt like very early Walking Dead for me um, because like it was more about just like the the people and like they're living. It was kind of the slice of life in this world. Now, there is a greater mystery at work about uh, about the city and things like that and and the one of the factions of strangers where all these kind of purges <laughs> masks like pig masks and stuff like that so there there's some other stuff going on but most of it was just kind of this you know survival type thing and like the camaraderie and the the different conflicts between the groups um which i 
I found interesting. Like it's a long book. And so I don't know if I'm going to keep up with it uh, because like, I wouldn't say like, I, I was like dying to know more, but I enjoyed what I read. You know what I mean? Um, if that makes any sense. So, um, you know, what did you guys think? I'll just come up clean and say, I realized too late that this wasn't in the comicsology lineup. And so like, I didn't get to this. I didn't but, either. I thought that okay. we were just doing the two. Okay. <laughs> of Disney well, I, Plus. I did Matt. So I'll, I'll help yeah. you okay. because, because, because <laughs> Rosenberg, Rosenberg is a, uh, has has been sometimes a, a hit or miss uh, creator for me. Um, I've loved uh, I've, I've I've loved a lot of his creator owned stuff and and even his work for hire stuff. And I think this this kind of feels uh, hits all of like his his best work like in in a few uh, other places. It's it's it feels incredibly personal, which I which I like in in a book just knowing and seeing you know some of the other stuff that that man has done uh and but it was a it was a big book it's a it's a lot i think it's if it had book. been it's a lot half of this <laughs> i would have come away maybe with a little bit of a different opinion because it wouldn't have been just like downloading so much yeah. information and exposition but you yeah. know, it's still an interesting world. It felt like going to see Eternals, but in comic form. That's comics. That's kind of a cell phone, weirdly. But um, Matt, if I had to pick this series or keep reading uh, Nice House on the Lake, which one would you pick? Oh, Nice House on the Lake. There you go. Yeah, I really <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite of the year. So, okay. Uh, that'll do it for comics. Matt, Jim, Connor, people have been calling for you guys. I mean, we've been like Marvel Netflix style, the launch pad for your own spinoff show. Jim, you get on that. Yeah. So uh, give them another backdoor pilot of our wrestling podcast. Oh, seriously. Uh, I don't know what we're calling it, but uh, you guys give us uh, another wonderful segment of wrestling. What is happening in the world of wrestling? Connor Casey, it is your time to shine. <laughs> well, as we workshop the name of a future spinoff <laughs> podcast, yeah. uh, let's get into something a bit lighter than what I came on here for last week. Uh, we've got AEW's Full Gear this Saturday night in Minneapolis. Um, the uh, AEW is coming off of probably their best show ever with All Out back in August, September. And uh, TV's been great. We've got big names like CM Punk, Daniel Bra Brian Danielson, my mistake, getting added into the so fray. <laughs> We've got the culmination of a storyline that, if you really trace it back, it's about five years old, but it is as old as the company itself. And the big question walking into this weekend is can this show outperform what all out did? And Matt, I will pose that question to you first. Um, I, I think it will be a good show. I don't think it can outperform it. And it just comes down to star power. It's just the fact that unless you've got another first CM Punk match and Brian Danielson debut and Adam Cole debut, and Ruby Soho debut in your back pocket. I just don't think it can match that kind of level. I mean, that's just, that was like a, that's almost an unrepeatable thing, but we say that. And then, you know, companies repeat stuff and, and pull someone else out of that. Like I would say like Bray Wyatt's about as close as you could get, you know, now Wyndham. Like, I feel like if like where he debuted, you would get a very big level of like, Oh man, I don't know if it hits that level. It's just cause there's mm. just so much involved. You know what I mean? You're, I mean, look, AEW is going to need to learn to put on shows that aren't driven by surprise ex WWE people Agreed. coming up, showing yeah. up. And so, like, I, 
This is, I, I was talking to Connor about this uh, yesterday. I didn't realize how big this card was, and I almost think it's unnecessarily big. Uh, I don't think that it needs. Uh, you could probably trim the three matches off this and have it be a nice, uh, decent-sized uh, pay-per-view. I think. I think by it being so big, the inevitable Hangman Page win is not. I don't think is going to translate as well because I think people, depending on where they put it in the card, I think people are going to be tired. Uh, and so, like, it, it, it's it, it's a tough one for me this week, this week, this weekend. It possibly could be too long. I think they get away with having 10 or so matches just on the fact that we only get four of these a year as right. opposed to one a month. Sure. If they were running WWE schedule, we would be banging our head against the wall at this like, point. Like these are more supersized. So I'm, I'm I, right. I guess, but I guess the, the, I think with WWE doing it once a month, you almost don't realize that AEW only does it once every four months. Like it's it, it just, it's another pay-per-view on a Saturday that I have to watch regardless if, if it being <laughs> uh, WWE or AEW. <laughs> Fair. That is fair. But keep in mind, what we do is not what the common fan does. Also, I get um, billed as the AEW hater. I just want to throw that out here. That is not yeah. true. <laughs> I, I just do that because I like flipping your crap, Matt. Look, but, I'm, not, uh, I'm not hating on no, AEW. You're not hating. I just... There are just there there are just it's just some questionable things that I think you know, like in this current ecosystem that they, they, like time is funny. How like how how many times do we talk about how? long raw is every week right like so like i don't know the fact that rampage can be a great show in an hour is is a testament to them knowing how to manage time and, and just time economy and so having a show as big as this and as long as this feels unnecessary but i get it. that's fair but I'll, I'll counter the other point regarding not they they can't be relying on big surprises because honestly, I'm not expecting any big surprises this time around. I'm not expecting Bray. I'm not expecting a, a Ring of Honor invasion now that they're all free agents. I'm really just expecting great matches, which if you look back at the all out card, we weren't chomping at the bit for a lot of these. We weren't. No one was getting hyped about Kenny Christian, too. And nobody <laughs> thought, you know, that Young Bucks Lucha Bros cage match is going to be good. Wound up being a match of the year contender. Sure. Just. Out of the blue. And there's several on this card that I go, I just really need to see this match. I need to see Darby versus MJF. I need Lucha Bros versus FTR in my life. And CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston in about 10 days got me more hyped for anything in WWE this year <laughs> with one promo and one clip of them fighting in the in the parking lot where Eddie Kingston going. Doo -doo 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 -doo. It was the best. And then you can you you put all that aside. And then you talk about Hangman Kenny. Which, man, if they pull that off, that is the signature feud of this company's first decade. And they've done marvelously with it so far. So that brings up the second question. Who's actually winning this thing? Because I keep hearing arguments that we need to hold off on Hangman even longer. From who? <laughs> from <laughs> from questionable people? people on the internet. Matt, you know them. Same yeah, I think I think this is it. I think this is the show as big as this. Like I get it. Like I think it's. I think you want it to happen at an event like All Out because like that's their WrestleMania for all intents and purposes. Um, and so this, I guess. I, I mean, look, I, 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 the way that they have brought this storyline to where it is now, I almost like I, Kenny. Uh, Kenny has to lose. Like there's yeah. no. Um, 
I think Kenny is. Can't win, Kenny. Uh, he's just been, he's look, he's been a great champ and has done a lot of things. Did the whole, you know, double dipped with the impact stuff uh, for, for a while as well. And so let the man rest a little bit. I think there's that. And I also think just from a, a narrative standpoint, like hangman has gone through the revival arc, essentially right. he's gone through the, Hey, I, I built myself up. I let everyone down. I went through this downward spiral. It's, like, it's like the dude. almighty Thor. It's the unworthy Thor thing. It's Hey, he's, he's got the hammer back. Now let him go bash up some giants that we we've reached that part. This is the, this is the grand finale of it. Now, what do you do with him after? That's an entirely different argument, whether it's Danielson. Well, that's, we my, that's the- my concern is I don't I don't know who you program Paige against as champion. I, here's my thing with that. Everyone's like, oh, Danielson needs to win. I'm like, Danielson's not chasing after the title. He's chasing after another match with Kenny. That That's what he wants. Which is great, by the way, because then you have something for Kenny to do. Right. He loses the title. Which is great. I mean, wouldn't the I don't know. I feel like the obvious thing would be Cole, right? Just to like it'd be it'd be you can go Kenny with Cole, you can go Kenny with uh Brian. No, I, mean, I mean Hank with Hank like, with Hangman, then you get then you put Miro in there because that was that gonna too. be Moxley. Oh. Thing is you know those promos are great, Jim. All we yeah. that all that thing has to do is carry us to winter is coming, and that's next month. That's it. And then you, and then the new year, you have him face MJF. I don't know somebody, or then you, you pull the trigger on Punk. Then there's lots I, of options. I have to, I because I love MJF mm. as a heel. However, mm, yeah. I mm. he has got to find a different octave for like his promos <laughs> because it's like he's always screaming at me, and it's a very like whatever tone he has found, it's the tone that just like drives me crazy. It's like. Stop yelling at me. It's like it's like a pissed off grocery shopper energy that MJF gives off. And it's just like, please stop. He's got to find Matt, a different octave. But I love him. I love his promos. He's <laughs> annoying crazy. you and you know it. That's the point. Well, yeah, but it's not purple. It's like it's not like Jericho on like it's Jericho on Rampage commentary. Yeah, it's not. Oh, stop. You don't know. He's Jericho on on commentary. I love he got better, though. Over the last episode, he got better. Better than CM Punk on commentary. Good Lord. He's boring. Yeah, we are just throwing shots all over. But anyway, we are. You will have full coverage of uh, from us of full gear this Saturday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Kofi, that is the wrestling corner for us. Man, this this pilot was pretty spicy for your backdoor pilot, man. <laughs> We've been backdoor piloting for months. You know oh, this. I know, but this was I'm just trying to highlight it and trying to promote this so we could take this mess out of here. Nope, no, we love you guys in our wrestling segment. Uh, people love it. And they want you guys to get your own show. Janelle's so I took a screenshot of Janelle's facial expression during the wrestling segment. Some of the things you guys say, I'm just like and I'm gonna I'm gonna share it because it's amazing. Was it was it when I glazed over? It was like, it was, this, was, like, it was like hmm. just nothing. It was like, like, sometimes you get crazy reactions too. Sometimes you'll get like yes, a weird face. And I'm like, that's oh, kind of distracting. I, I try not this to do that. This is what Anissa is like when she hears me drone on about like anything <laughs> I do. At this job. Remember anything when I was I actually trying stop. to follow? I was like, I'm going to get into wrestling. And then I said, it's, it's it's hard. And then we said, welcome to hell. <laughs> <laughs> now it's just that rest of development. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> All right. But uh, that's been our wrestling segment. And this has been our, di- our epic Disney Plus day stream. If you guys have hung in there the whole oh time, God. 
for both the Phase Zero and the Comic Book Nation half. You're the wow. true fans. We yeah, love you. you. Yeah, we love you. You guys are our <laughs> real fans. Uh, this is the Comic Book Nation half. We are live uh, every Friday at noon on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. And you can catch us on any of those platforms if you just want the audio. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio, iHeartRadio. And you can tell your smart home devices to play Comic Book Nation podcast for our latest episode. If you want to follow us for more updates, we are at Comic Book Nation. Or you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at MagularCB. You can find me at Janelle Wheeler. You can find me at Connor KCCB. Hit that follow button. <laughs> at Jim Biscardi. Bring it. Let's go. All the Hot Moon Knight Take Central. All the time. One account. Jim Viscardi. <laughs> All right. So that is the Comic Book Nation crew. We want to thank you guys for tuning in, especially today. Happy Disney Plus Day. <laughs> Happy Celebrate Christmas Day. Happy Twitter Feed Day. Uh, <laughs> Happy yeah. Day. So uh, we'll see you guys back next week. This is Comic Book Nation. Love you guys. See ya. Peace. Bye, guys. <laughs>